Not got much help. Oh, he doesn't need any help. How about that? The striker who rarely scores has scored maybe the biggest goal in the history of the Portugal national team. It's BetQL Daily with Joe Ostrowski and Ryan Horvat on the BetQL Audio Network. You guys are in for a treat now. We're going to switch gears a little bit. I'm glad Michael Lieboff uh, took a quick moment to give us a long shot on the Euro Cup because we're going to get uh, some information on that. So many different markets to bet. Groups, highest scoring team, lowest scoring team, top goal scorer, best player, best young player of the tournament. Going to be a lot of fun, especially if you're a D-Gen over the next month. Joe Ostrowski, Ryan Horvath here on uh, BetQL Daily, BetQL Audio Network, weekdays 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern Time and weekdays 4 to 8 p.m. Eastern Time on this, the uh, BetQL Audio Network. Get Nick Costos and Ken Barkley on You Better You Bet. Nick, it's been too long. How you been, man? What's going on, guys? How we doing? Great to be on with you here. Good. Uh, we need some Euro Cup information. Looking forward to uh, breaking this down over the next uh, 15 minutes or so. But first, as an out-of-your-mind Yankees fan, my question to you this morning is, were you mad that Garrett Cole didn't plunk Josh Donaldson in the Dome yesterday? I'm mad that the Yankees won the game yesterday. <laughs> you want him to sell? Uh, well, well, no, like I, and I bet the Yankees last night minus a run and a half. So like I was okay. happy that they, they ended up winning the game, but no, as a Yankee fan, I, I want the team to be humiliated and embarrassed on a nightly basis because I think the general manager and the manager are clueless and clowns. And I don't think this team's going anywhere. They're not winning a world series. That's the point of the whole thing. You know, other franchises can be content with, you know, just getting to the postseason. but you know, as Yankee fans, it is our birthright to win world championships. Uh, and I, I say that only partially kidding. I'm actually yes. partially being, being serious. Um, yeah, I think, that, I think the manager is an idiot. The GM has kind of shown that I think he's kind of a clown also. So uh, I thought it was great what happened against the Red Sox when they got swept at home. And, uh, I kind of root for them to lose now, unless I, unless I bet on them. Um, so I'm rooting for embarrassment and humiliation <laughs> with the Yankees. Yeah. That's I mean, why trash. be, why be stuck in the middle? What do you, what do you get out of being stuck in the middle? I mean, we've been doing shows for years and you've been uh, ranting and raving about Aaron Boone. Why is he still there? Well, I, I think it's Cashman kind of doubled down on him, right? And he's Cashman's guy. And he probably does whatever Cashman wants. I mean, I knew in the uh, the first playoff series that he managed against the Red Sox, the year that the Red Sox won with Alex Cora, when he brought Lance Lynn, and I know like Lance Lynn is all of a sudden turned into Cy Young with the White Sox, that he brought Lance Lynn, who at that point was like 350 pounds in, in like a critical spot, in, in, uh, in, in like the biggest moment of that series against the Red Sox. And uh, he ended up giving it up. I knew at that point, like Boone was didn't have it. And he's shown that a million times over, you know, in the playoffs last year with Debbie Garcia in game two against Tampa. I mean, millions of examples um, comes, uh, they, they get their, they get their rear ends handed to them. And he's like, you know, we're really close. It's like, or like it's June and you're almost 500 with the team that should be contending for a championship. So yeah, they suck. They're annoying. Um, I get tilted watching Yankee fans tilt over this. It's like, what do you expect? It's like, yeah, like, yeah, the manager does dumb stuff. Like, the team is poorly constructed. They're awful. Like, why are you getting upset about it? I don't even watch their games. I mean that seriously. I don't waste my time with the Yankees watching this team. Nick, Euro Cup, it's back. Should have had it last year. First off, can you explain the format for people that want to dive in? Like, you know, do, do you completely understand the groups and whatnot? 
Sure. Yeah. So we've got, what do we got? Three, four, five. Yeah. There are one, two, three, six. four, five, six. I just yeah. want to make sure. Cause like I'm, my brain is scrambled sometimes. Yeah. Six groups of four teams. So the field was expanded um, in Euro 2016, supposed to be every four years, like you said, Ryan, but last year with COVID, obviously no tournament. So the field was expanded. Now we have 24 teams and each team plays each other once. So there are three matches um, that each team plays in the group. The top two teams will advance based on points. In soccer, you get three points for a win, one point for a draw, zero points if you lose. Now, the uh, the wrinkle here that we saw introduced at Euro 2016, which proved to be massive um, because one of these third-place teams actually ended up winning the tournament, which was Portugal, is the four top teams that finish in third place in their groups will also advance. Then you have the round of 16, and then we, we enter what's called the knockout stage, right, where it's... One game and done. It's not a group stage, right? So round of 16, mm -hmm. quarterfinals, semifinals, and then you get to the uh, to the final. Um, I think it's ridiculously exciting. I love soccer. I love international soccer, club soccer. So I think this is going to be a great event to watch, both as fans and spectators, and of course as sports bettors. And Ken and I did like a full 40 minutes on it last night, given, given all our bets for the Euro Cup. Who do you like if you had to play an outright? France, England, Belgium. Could you see anybody besides those three teams winning? Um, so I have three outrights. I've got Germany. I, I, I think I really like this this German team here. And I know that that Yogi Löw, you have to make sure you pronounce it with the umlaut on the last <laughs> yeah. name. It's spelled low, but it's actually pronounced Löw. Yogi Löw. Uh, this is Yogi Löw's uh, last um, tournament as manager of the German national team. Obviously won the World Cup back in 2014. And some people are criticizing Yogi Löw for being a little desperate, right, with some of the moves he's made, reinstating Thomas Müller, who was the best player for the German team that won that World Cup um, back in 2014. He was off the national team. Now he's back for this tournament here. Mats Hummels, um, another mainstay, now back in the squad for this uh, for this European tournament. But Germany's got a lot of really good young players. Gundogan for Manchester City, Serge Gnabry um, for Bayern Munich. This is a team that's absolutely loaded, still have arguably the best keeper in the world in Manuel Neuer. I really like Germany here. If I had to pick one of those three teams, Germany, France, and Portugal from Group F, the Group of Death, it actually would be Germany. Um, Two other outrights that I've got, one would be Belgium. I just think that the draw kind of sets up for Belgium here. I actually don't think Belgium's going to win their group. I like Denmark to win Group B, plus 200, whatever the best number you can get there is. But I think Belgium... This is like the last chance for this quote-unquote golden generation of Belgian soccer talent, whether it's Aiden Hazard, Kevin De Bruyne, um, Romelu Lukaku, who will still be around for a while. But this is the last chance for this current iteration of the Belgian national team to really, I think, win a piece of silverware here. And I think they've got the horses to uh, to make it happen. Thibaut Courtois and goal, absolutely sensational as well. And Italy would be the other choice for an outright for me. If you're looking for a bit of a longer shot, and they've been bet down here so that you could get them. You could have gotten them like 12 to 1. Now about plus 750. Italy have not lost since September 2018. Roberto Mancini is their manager. Um, he led Manchester City for people that remember the Aguero goal to beat uh, Queen's Park Rangers on the final day of the Premier League season about a decade ago. So Mancini's a name that's familiar to soccer fans. Um, he's now the manager of Italy. Italy have not lost since Mancini took over. Um, it's a younger Italian team and obviously one that's still stinging from the embarrassment of not qualifying for the last World Cup. But uh, I think this Italian team is very good. I would not be shocked if they made a deep run and ended up winning this tournament. With uh, You Better You Bets, Nick Costos here on BetQL Daily, Joe Ostrowski, Ryan Horvat. Uh, maybe a shot in the dark, a bit of a dart throw by uh, our last guest, Michael Lebaugh from the Action Network. But he said, play Turkey at 50 to 1 or better. Is that worth a shot? Um, I actually like Turkey to come out of the group. And I, I bet the over in the Italy Turkey game on Friday. Um, 
I think we'll see a good number of goals in that, obviously, two or two and a half on the Asian handicap. Um, I, I like Turkey because Turkey's front line, it's basically the Lille front line. And for people that don't know, Lille won Ligue 1, which is the, uh, which is the French league. And I know a lot of people know PSG, right? Um, one of like the most famous teams. They have Neymar and Kylian Mbappe. Lille beat them to win the French domestic league. And they are fronted basically by like an all Turkish front line, guys that can score a lot of goals here. So I certainly don't hate that. I think if you're looking... Once we get past what we call the midfield, to borrow a term from Formula One, where like Denmark's the best team in the midfield, once you get down into that range, I, I wouldn't bet Turkey um, because I think the back line is very leaky. They're going to have to outscore teams if they're going to make a deep run. Um, in, the, in the bracket that I filled out, I have them taking on Belgium in the round of 16. And Belgium, I just think, would outclass them, and that would they'd bounce Turkey um, in that round. Uh, I do think Turkey, once we get to that range, is the best of those teams. Um, so I understand where Mike's coming from and congratulations to Mike who went to my high school on the New York Islanders, but yeah, oh, did I, he? Not, I personally, and we both are high school alums in Mineola, Long Island in New York. Um, but yeah, I would not bet Turkey, but I see where he's coming from the thought process behind it. Are you getting involved with a uh, top goal scorer? Uh, of course, uh, Serge Gnabry would be the guy I would look at. And it's funny, um, Ken on the show yesterday, Lucky Lockerson. Talked about Thomas Müller potentially being that guy for Germany who scored a ton of goals for the German national team in his career. I actually like two other Germans potentially, and I think Germany is going to have a long run in this tournament here. Timo Werner, um, soccer fans know that he left RB Leipzig, which is one of the uh, the German club teams, to join my favorite team, Chelsea. And Chelsea did win the Champions League, but Werner was one of these maddening players where he could have scored, and I'm only exaggerating slightly here like 400 goals this season for Chelsea mm. constantly right in front of the net shanking shots where like he has an open net he's offside all the time on like would be scoring opportunities. And it reaches the point where it's like, there has to be some kind of regression for this dude. Now, maybe it comes next year at Stamford bridge for Chelsea. Maybe it comes in the form of this tournament, Werner 29 to one to score the most goals. But Serge Gnabry is the guy that I like. Um, Gnabry is Tomas Muller's teammate at Bayern Munich, which is the top team in the Bundesliga, the German domestic league. I think he is an ascending young player. He's absolutely fantastic. So Gnabry would be the guy I would look at at 33 to one. Um, Romelu Lukaku also from Belgium, I think is a guy that's worth a look as well. Plus 650 to score the most goals. I think Belgium slated to make a deep run, whether they win the tournament or not. And Lukaku is just in tremendous form. He was the best player in Inter Milan this year. Inter Milan won Serie A, the Italian domestic league. So Lukaku, uh, Gnabry, and Werner would be my bets there. I would not look at Harry Kane, who is, yeah. I think, the favorite or at least one of the yeah. co-favorites, um, because I think England are actually going to get bounced in the round of 16. Really? Yes. I love uh, any side uh, of the totals that you like for group stage beginning tomorrow? You know, the only bet that I've made thus far in the group stage, I've got, we can, I've got a lot of like future bets, group bets that we can go over as well. The only actual game I've bet on so far is the Italy Turkey game. And I bet the over, I feel like, especially like these, the first games in the groups, it's like betting the first leg of a champions league match where not everything is determined in that game. So you don't necessarily know like what the approach is going to be for these big clubs that are coming out, like Germany and France. Like, are both teams going to go all out to try and win and then leave themselves vulnerable at the back line and risk falling behind early? You know, it, in that group, I think that the first matches of the group stage are generally tough to call for that reason. And once we get a little information under our belts and then we know like, okay, here's where we're at. Now we kind of know what each team needs to happen in order to uh, to advance on. And once we get to the knockout stage, obviously that becomes eminently easy because you know you need to win to advance. But um, I will have bets and we'll go over them on You Better You Bet over the course of the next couple mm -hmm. weeks here. But the only one I've placed thus far is tomorrow, the opening match of Euro 2020. 
which of course is played in 2021, Italy, Turkey over two and two and a half. You know, as far as long shots go, what are your thoughts on Switzerland, actually? Because I hear a lot of people talking about Switzerland as far as a long shot, Nick. Well, I do have Switzerland as one of the third place teams to advance. Yeah. Um, I have Italy and Turkey um, as the top two teams in Group A. The thing with the Swiss that's interesting, um, once they get out of this, and if indeed they get out and get to the round of 16, they are a team that is very well organized, like a good defense, good midfield, good spine, but not a team that's capable of scoring a ton of goals, like lot, not a lot of offensive firepower. So I guess it's within the realm of possibility that if they get out of the group stage, which I think they will as one of the third place teams, that they could hold the team down, maybe nil-nil, 1-1, and get into penalties and be able to win in advance. I just don't think that that formula is conducive to like a super deep run without a ton of talent up front that can score you some goals here. So I understand kind of the thought process behind it. I just don't think that they've got kind of what it takes necessarily. Um, we've really only seen one team like that, and it was, you know, shout out to my fellow Greeks, in yeah. 2004, the Greece team, yeah. yeah, that were 80 to one. I actually um, ordered on pay-per-view the final against Portugal. Seriously, <laughs> it was like 60 bucks, one, one nil. They won every game one nil on like a set piece header, Angelo Harris, Deus. I've still got his Jersey, by the way. I don't think Switzerland's capable of a run like that. Okay. Well, uh, the accounts looking good after the other day because uh, listeners to this show and you better, you bet. Uh, if you followed us, you uh, jumped in on Jokic for MVP. That came in. So uh, we're looking for some futures. You said you have a bunch of futures I think that you want to get down on. What are they? Do you want me to? I've, I've literally roll got like, like, like 10 or roll 15. Through. Yeah, okay. Yeah. We're ready. We're ready. Okay. All right. Let's start in Group A where uh, it's Italy, Turkey, Switzerland, and Wales. I know Wales had their magical Cinderella run. And just like, let me know if I'm like, if we're running out of time and I'll race through them. Wales yep. had a Cinderella run in the last uh, Euro led by Gareth Bale, who's got a great man bun. I kind of want to grow mine back and inspiration from Gareth Bale and Aaron Ramsey. Uh, this Welsh team is not what it was then. Bale and Ramsey, five years older, not in the form that they were in. Uh, I think Wales plus 130 to finish last in Group A um, makes a lot of sense. Um Belgium and Denmark to come out of Group B, minus 120. Denmark, who will play all three of their games in Copenhagen, uh, their home city. Um, and Kevin De Bruyne, who is arguably Belgium's best player, a top five player in the world, unlikely to play in Belgium's first game against Russia coming up. I believe that game is on Monday. So I think that Denmark plus 200 to win Group B presents some value. Romelu Lukaku to be Belgium's top scorer at minus 140. I know that they've got other great talent, Aiden Hazard, uh, the aforementioned De Bruyne, but Lukaku is the guy there that's going to be poaching goals in front of the net. So Lukaku minus 140 to be the top Belgian goal scorer. Ken Barkley loves Jonas Vind for Denmark, uh, plus 500 to be the top Danish score. In Group C, I've got the Netherlands plus 260 to be eliminated in the quarterfinals. I think they'll get an easy draw based on how I see it playing out in the round of 16. Then they will get bounced. Their manager is an absolute clown. England plus 155 to be eliminated in the round of 16, where I have them projected to take on the Group F runner-up France. That will not go well for the English. Croatia, World Cup runners-up. Um, in the last World Cup in 2018, plus 145 to reach the corners. The Czech Republic, plus 240 to be eliminated in the round of 16. I like the Czech to be one of those third-place teams that advanced Harry Kane to be the top English goal scorer at minus 135. Cristiano Ronaldo in Portugal, plus 600, eliminated in the semis. Kareem Benzema, plus 220 to be France's leading goal scorer over Kylian Mbappe. And Yashua Kimmich, if I think Germany is going to win this tournament, Kimmich, their star midfielder, also plays for Bayern Munich, 30-1 to 1 to finish as the best player in the tournament. Oh, that's a pro. That's how you get it done. In our final 30 seconds, take a quick left turn. How are you betting the NBA tonight? Uh, I'm going to take the over in the Nets-Bucks game, and I'm going to take the Clippers plus three. I think the Clippers win yeah. tonight. Better performance from Pandemic P. Couldn't be worse. <laughs> so Clippers plus three and give me the over in the Nets and Bucks. All right, we're in agreement on that one. Nick Costos at the Costos on Twitter. 
Check them out. You better you bet. Four to eight Eastern on the BetQL audio network. We appreciate Nick's time uh, just like we always do. We're going to go over today's MLB slate next. Ostrowski and Horvat on the BetQL audio network.